capacity, my privilege to welcome you uh, to Yale and to this historic conference uh, that we'll study from the points of view of multiple disciplines, the phenomenon of global anti-Semitism that you have gathered here is testimony to the liveliness of higher education in America, a happy, hopeful thought. But your presence also testifies to the endurance of darkness, hatred, and the irrationality of the world, a recognition of the power of light and enlightenment and of, human, of the human capacity to bring darkness to light is surely at the heart of the Yale Initiative for the Interdisciplinary Study of Antisemitism and therefore of this conference that studies global antisemitism. The sense that human reason may be sufficient to illuminate enough of the factors that enable the cancer of human hatred to metastasize, that we may yet bring the body of humanity into remission and even health, this sense informs all of your work. It informs as well the mission of every great university and the work of Judaism, namely the commitment to tikkun alum to work for the repair of our world. May your efforts during this conference yield light your collegiality generate hope. Your research suggests a way to recover human wisdom, dignity, sanity, and solidarity. I wish you hatzlacha. I wish now to introduce the Deputy Provost of Yale University, Professor Francis Rosenbluth, the Damon Wells Professor of International Politics, who has served as Deputy Provost since July 2009, a comparative political economic economist with special interest in Japan. Rosenbluth currently chairs the Department of Political Science. Formerly, I thought I had that, uh, I thought you couldn't do both, yes. Um, former chair of the Department of Political Science and director of the George Walter Leitner Program in International Comparative Political Economy, part of our Macmillan Center. Member of the Yale faculty since 1994, Rosenbluth has focused her research on electoral micro-foundations of different forms of capitalism and on the politics of gender inequality. In addition to numerous articles and book chapters, she has authored the books The Politics of Oligarchy, Institutional Choice in Imperial Japan with Mark Ramsire, Japan's Political mar Marketplace, also with Ramsire, and Financial Politics in Contemporary Japan, Professor Rosenberg. Levin and Provost Peter Salovey, who would very much like to have been here. Um, it is our special privilege and delight to welcome you here to Yale, and particularly those of you who have come from abroad, so many of you. Um, you enrich our discussion by bringing with you your non-American perspectives and experiences, and you will increase the impact of this conference when you go back to your respective communities. So we're pleased that so many of you have come from so far. As many of you know, the Yale Initiative for the Interdisciplinary Study of Antisemitism, which is hosting this event, recognizes that the kind of human hatred of which antisemitism is a variant is a multifaceted phenomenon that can't be studied by any single lens. And so this initiative is guided by an outstanding group of scholars from all over the university representing many different disciplines. 
we, we recognize that to understand the causes of anti-Semitism, the different forms it takes, the different times and places, we must study it through a whole variety of lenses and disciplines. So in addition to Charles Small, who has training in sociology and political science, the Faculty Governance Committee of the Yale Initiative of the of, uh, Interdisciplinary Study of Anti-Semitism is guided by Gus Rannis, who's an Emeritus Professor of Economics, Stephen Smith from Political Science, and has as its members a group that you will see here in your bulletin, Jeffrey Alexander from Sociology, Charlie Charles Hill, who is a senior lecturer of internet and a distinguished fellow of international security studies at Yale, Hadar Lubin, who is a assistant clinical professor of psychiatry, Risa Sodi, director of language program, senior lecturer in Italian, Marie Samuels, professor of French, Avi Schultz, who is a professor and chair of computer science, Marcy Shore from history department. And in addition, there is a, an even larger group, a sort of penumbra, penumbra of scholars who are from many different departments and disciplines around the campus. So I hope you will perhaps run into them while you're here um, in the next few days. We wish you a productive conference that addresses searching questions without settling on easy answers that seeks to understand the root causes of hatred without shouting down those who hate. As many of you saw, the latest issue of Time Magazine suggests that America is in danger of becoming an Islamophobic country, for despite our melting pot tradition, Americans share the tendency of people everywhere to despise those who don't understand. We academics with a professional commitment to deep questioning carry responsibility to pull against the human impulse to buy into stereotypes and generalizations. Yale's commitment to free speech is anchored in the liberal tenet that the best antidote to hate speech is not curtailment of the offending speech, but more inquiry, more debate, more speech. And we hope that this conference will provide such a venue where everything is on the table, all points of view are taken in the spirit of exploration and understanding. Thank you. Aviva Raz Schefter is, the, is an Israeli career diplomat who served at the Israeli Embassy in Washington, D.C., the Israeli Embassy in Amman, Jordan, and the Israeli Consulate General in Montreal, Canada. For the last four years, she has held the position of the Director of the Department for Anti-Semitism and Holocaust Issues at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Jerusalem, Israel. She is the Chair of the Global Forum for Combating Anti-Semitism and Co-Chair of the Israeli Delegation to the Task Force for International Cooperation on Holocaust Education, Remembrance, and Research. BA and MA from Hebrew University in Middle Eastern Affairs. It's my pleasure to present to you Aviva Prasha. Thank you. Good morning. It is my great pleasure to be here today. And I'm happy to bring greetings on behalf of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Jerusalem. I have uh, been involved with the ISA initiative since its beginning in 2006. And with great satisfaction, I've seen it grow into uh, the Cutting Edge initiative 
that it has become. The very fact this conference is the product of a joint venture between the Yale University and other prestigious academic uh, institutions, uh, such as the Hebrew University, Tel Aviv University, Indiana University, and Birma College, testifies to the importance of the subject. And it also testifies to the sense of purpose and urgency that were instilled and channeled by a very special individual. Charles Small, and I go back many years, is an esteemed colleague and a very good friend. The vibrant and dynamic center that he has built forms a central academic pillar in our worldwide efforts promoting the collaboration between decision makers, government ministries, and scholars that will hopefully uh, improve reaching the common objectives that we have. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs has created a special department for combating anti-Semitism about five years ago with the vision that we need to face the challenges of new anti-Semitism and growing anti-Semitism all over the world in a more political and strategic way. As the director of this department, I have worked in order to re-establish a smaller form that was dealing with combating anti-Semitism, and it has become the global forum for combating anti-Semitism. Today, it is the biggest forum worldwide, and it has brought last December uh, about 500 people from over 50 countries, uh, ministers, parliamentarians, uh, heads of NGOs, scholars, and many others to Jerusalem to discuss uh, these issues. We also created within the Global Forum, but as an international parliamentary initiative, the ICCA, the Interparliamentary Coalition on Combating Antisemitism, and uh, it was first convened in February 2009 under the uh, British government, the British uh, Parliament. It will be uh, convened again in November uh, in Ottawa under the auspices of the Canadian uh, government. We uh, are hopeful that we'll see many more parliamentarians joining this coalition. Because we do know that uh, the Jewish people, in many ways, uh, reflect the uh, historical laboratory of hatred, also of anti-Semitism, but it can also uh, become a laboratory that we provide better uh, ways to combat other hatreds. And therefore, the dialogues that we are handling now on behalf of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and this department, with, on the bilateral levels, with many countries, with many governments, with the European Commission, on a very, very permanent basis uh, during the last years, uh, to discuss anti-Semitism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, uh, hatreds of the other. Uh, this is our goal, and we truly hope that the collaboration between uh, governments, between uh, NGOs, between scholars, will be a fruitful, uh, a fruitful collaboration and will help us step these challenges. The uh, new faces of anti-Semitism and especially now focusing on the state of Israel, delegitimizing the state of Israel, has become our greatest challenge. And I am speaking about it as a strategic challenge for the state of Israel. Uh, the fact that anti-Islamism and anti-Israelism in certain sectors is becoming a guise for anti-Semitism is something we need not only to talk about, it, but also to raise awareness for and to deal with it 
so that we won't face threats uh, that are unacceptable uh, in our days. So furthermore, I would say that uh, ESA is a very important initiative for us, for the State of Israel, for all those that are working uh, on combating anti-Semitism. And uh, I would um, hope these efforts will uh, become uh, wider and will bring very many people to collaborate together. Uh, I wish all of us a very fruitful conference. I wish to echo what Vivaran said. There's uh, observation about uh, the games, uh, Lokai, uh, was brought us all together, Charles Small. Uh, I too have witnessed uh, the emergence of NISA, uh, the, the uh, uh, initiative, the interdisciplinary study of anti Semitism over these last four years. It is clear that it took the initiative. The insight, the persistence, the tenacity, the gentleness of a truly engaged scholar uh, to make this happen. That's Charles Small. He's the true host of this event, and it is therefore my pleasure to present uh, him, Charles. So, thank you very much uh, for the introduction, Robert Collette, and my colleagues. Aviva Raz and certainly Francis Rosenblum from the Provost Office, who not only supported ESA from the beginning, but now under Francis' guidance, I think, is bringing ESA to a new level, sort of incorporating it more into the faculty of the university, for which we are grateful. Um, and I'm particularly grateful to you. The fact that 110 scholars uh, are at this conference is amazing. And the fact that you've come literally from all over the world, from every continent in the world, is testimony to the fact that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. And it's uh, a great honor to welcome you here uh, to the conference. Um, before I just get into my welcoming remarks, I want to thank there's a few people who made this conference uh, possible. And these are the people that really put the, the entire thing together. Uh, I'd like to thank, first of all, Lauren Clark. I don't know she is. Organizing it, it's amazing to work with a colleague who uh, who takes this her work and uh, so seriously, so graciously and uh, kindly. I'd also like to thank uh, Tatendia Mayen, who's here as a visiting scholar with us at ISA. Conti Baltimore, who's a volunteer, has been helping us for uh, for years in our office in a very uh, unassuming and kind way. Evan Weiser, who's here as a volunteer from Montreal, came to help us with the conference. Dina Farber, who's here helping Lauren, Daphne Liu, Sarah Harrison, who came in from California to help us, and Ulrika Becker, who made, uh, as you know, was the sort of coordinator and uh, correspondent chief uh, for months getting this whole thing together. So I'd like to thank everybody. And without their help, um, this wouldn't have happened. So in a sense, I think your presence puts the issue of anti-Semitism on the map. Last night I was speaking with Erwin Kotler, the former Minister of Justice of Canada and Professor of Human Rights Law from McGill University, who set up, as Aviva was saying, the ICCA, this group of uh, government officials to deal with issues of anti-Semitism. 
the United Kingdom hosted, uh, last year hosted a, a successful conference of the British Parliament where there was more than 156 parliamentarians from 40 odd countries who came together and unanimously passed the London Declaration, which was signed by Prime Minister Brown and the, the, the members of Parliament who were at the conference, looking at and denouncing issues of contemporary anti-Semitism, including the anti-Semitism against the collective, the Jewish collective of the State of Israel. And Canada will be hosting the next conference in November. Every year uh, it will be rotating. The United States will host one in the near future, and Italy, I believe, is holding the next one. But Erwin Kotler was saying, as he's beginning to plan this conference, he's being attacked by people who claim that looking at anti-Semitism, that the, this conference being hosted by the Canadian government in November, basically is an attempt to criminalize speech to curtail academic freedom, that to silence debate regarding Israel, and that after all, anti-Semitism is not an important issue, and there's other forms of discrimination that are more important. And this is, as you know, and I think uh, I can speak for many people here, scholars of anti-Semitism, scholars of contemporary anti-Semitism in particular, have a difficult struggle. To, to deal with issues of contemporary anti-Semitism is to end friendships. It's to end political discourses and discussions with colleagues, with people that you study with at the PhD level, through to your career. It's something that is not popular. It's something that is not palatable to many people. And yet, the fact that Yisa is here, that Yale has had the courage to allow me to run around for a few years and put this together, the fact that you're here and we're launching the International Association for the Study of Anti-Semitism, and the fact that so many people, over 110 scholars, from senior scholars who are great accomplished um, uh, academics with many publications and books who are here, to young junior faculty that are here, it's really, I think for the first time, we're actually putting the study of contemporary anti-Semitism on the academic map, and I thank you for being here. The, the title of the conference is Global Antisemitism, A Crisis of Modernity. And I'll just lay this out very briefly. Uh, Rabbi Ponet, um, about two years ago, introduced Elie Wiesel. Elie Wiesel came here to do the Chubb Lecture Series, and he spoke at the law school to a packed audience, I believe, more than seven or 800 people. There was an overflow room uh, with a video book. And Elie Wiesel, to me, I grew up in Montreal, and Elie Wiesel had family in Montreal, and he would come at least once a year, and he would give lectures at the synagogue. My friend Lloyd Fischler and I used to uh, attend regularly. And Elie Wiesel, to me, is a, I think it encapsulates not only being a survivor, a witness to the Shoah, but he sort of encompasses the humility of the great rabbinical traditions, He's a human rights activist. He not only struggled uh, to let people know about what happened during the Shoah, but he also campaigned for human rights from Cambodia to South Africa uh, to Bosnia and beyond. And Elie Wiesel, the symbol of a Holocaust survivor, in his lifetime, came to Yale University and he spoke about the possibility of another genocide against six million Jews. And for me to see Elie Wiesel in front of the finest young, gener you know, the, the future, gener the best of the future of American young students and scholars, 
speaking about the possibility in his lifetime, after what he's endured, what his generation endured, to speak about the possibility of another genocide against six million Jews was one of the most indignant, disturbing things I've ever witnessed. But Elie Wiesel went on to say that the thing that really bothers him, as if that wasn't enough, the thing that really bothers him is the silence. And he asked, where are the students? Where are the academics? Where are the professors? Where are the intellectual leaders? Where are the journalists? Where are the people speaking out against this genocidal anti-Semitism, which is once again in our midst? And I think for the first time since he spoke, I'm really honored and happy to see so many people come to this conference in our little, uh, from our little center in Nisa and to be joined by the, by the directors of other research centers, the via of the research centers, dealing with issues of anti-Semitism. Anti over, over time has changed. It's changed and morphed as the world has changed. There was a period where the lens of, 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 the, of the way people perceived reality was basically or predominantly through the lens of religion, and in those days, the Jews were the wrong religion. And the key aspect that makes anti-Semitism, in my mind, so toxic and so dangerous and, and genocidal, inherently genocidal, is the fact that the various forms of anti-Semitism, during the different forms of anti-Semitism, there's this belief that if only the Jews will change, the world will be saved. So when we saw the world through religion, if the Jews would convert, the world was saved, would, would be saved, the Messiah would come, and the like. Fast forward to when the world perceived reality through, religion, through um, uh, notions of race and ethnicity, biological notions, or nationalism. There was the belief that if only the Jewish race or the Jewish nation would disappear, the race and the nation would be, dis would, would be saved. The world would be saved. And once again, in the contemporary context, there's this belief if only the Jews, if only the Israelis would change their stubborn policies, Radical Islam will disappear, jihadism will disappear, the Middle East will be saved, and once again, humanity will be saved. And it's this strand, this narrative of anti-Semitism that I find most disturbing. The title, Global Anti-Semitism, A Crisis of Modernity, to me means that we need to understand from various disciplinary perspectives, from various political and ideological perspectives and methodologies, that this has to be a big tent where we try to incorporate all of the brain power in this room and beyond to understand what is taking place. The world has changed in the last several decades with the advent of neoliberal globalization. There's a belief in neoliberal globalization that if you weaken the state or expand the free market system, that this will bring about greater social justice, that this will be able to bring about even democracy and, and, and wealth and, and goodness, better goods and services to its people. So there's a weakening of the state. At the same time as the state weakens, particularly in some countries, namely in the Middle East, there's a vacuum, and the vacuum is being filled by a reactionary social group, what I would call radical Islamism, not Islam, and not Muslims. This is very important because the greatest victims of radical Islamism are Muslims. And that this reactionary social movement uses very openly, as we will see soon uh, with Professor Wilson's presentation, 
very openly and very concretely and straight up and honestly a form of genocidal anti-Semitism. And I'm choosing my words as a scholar, genocidal anti-Semitism. And this social reactionary movement is gaining power and influence like other anti-modernist social movements in the past used anti-Semitism to gain power. And they use the most pernicious form of anti-Semitism. They use the most pernicious form of European anti-Semitism, namely the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, has become the narrative in which the Iranian revolutionary regime, for example, understands the Jew and others in the region. They also uh, are diametrically opposed to the basic notions, for example, of citizenship, which I believe everybody in this room would believe that everybody has the right to be equal citizens under one legal system, women, gay people, that the fact that we should have cultural pluralism and religious freedoms and pluralism, these are things I'm sure that regardless of our political orientation that we would endorse. Yet this reactionary social movement is diametrically opposed to that notion. So here at the one level is the open and honest and straightforward radical movement, reactionary movement that is unambiguous with its anti-Semitism. And at the same time, the crisis of modernity in the title of this presentation, in my mind, is that we in the West, what Elie Wiesel was saying, where are intellectuals? Where are the students? And I think, in a sense, that we in the, in the academy, is it postmodernism? What is it our capacity that we have to, in a sense, accept every type of narrative has equal <coughs> voice? that every narrative is as ethically and morally um, acceptable as the next? Are there lines that we say that if a social movement is uh, preaching forms of genocide or bigotry or, or to exclude or to kill groups of people that this is the line that is unacceptable? And yet the academy is silent, largely silent. And in the words of Henri Bernard Levy, I think it's the role of the intellectual, of the, of the scholar, to shine light where there's darkness. And I hope, from the various perspectives, the many perspectives and, and positions of, of the scholars in this room, that you will help to shine light in the darkness in the ways that you know how. And I hope that you have a wonderful, productive conference. And I hope that you meet people and network. And many types of projects will come up in these meetings. Thank you very much for being here. Nachum Milson, Professor of Arabic Studies at the Hebrew University uh, at Jerusalem, co-founder and chairman of the Middle East Media Research Institute, Memory, author, among other publications, of Najib Mahfouz, the novelist philosopher of Cairo, comprehensive study of the Egyptian Nobel laureate, currently working on issues of Arab anti-Semitism and reform versus Islamism in the Muslim world. Professor Milson uh, uh, will deliver the keynote address. Professor Nelson, welcome. Thank you uh, for your kind introduction, very funny. Um, before I begin with this PowerPoint presentation, uh, let me uh, make uh, some remarks. First of all, I I'm, must uh, give credit to uh, some 30 uh, young researchers in the Memory uh, TV program 
um, who were 16 hours a day, uh, every day, two shifts, monitor more than 100 released uh, TV channels, and uh, record and translate, uh, and we are going to see some of that. Another uh, remark is, uh, what's the connection between media and memory, the Middle East Media Research Institute and anti semitism uh, memory is not created in order to monitor or to research anti-Semitism. Our mission was defined when we started it some 11 years ago uh, to, to reflect, to recall, to, to publish the important issues uh, that are central to the public discourse, to the political discourse in Middle Eastern countries. And, uh, Unfortunately, we very soon found that we have to deal a lot with anti-Semitism because it is so prevalent, persistent, and salient in all the central media of the Middle East. And thus, uh, memory archives now contain, among other things, the largest collection of modern uh, anti-Semitic films, clips, and articles from the Middle East. Um, another question that we are asked uh, is uh, those clips, where do they come from? What sort of channels? So uh, to, to uh, answer a question that may arise later in your minds, they all come from major channels. We do not uh, monitor local provincial channels, nothing like uh, a local station in Oshkosh, uh, Illinois. These are all the equivalents of NBC, CBS, uh, uh, CNN. These are the major channels of Middle Eastern countries. So uh, let me uh, start. Uh, it's mostly from Arab uh, TV town, but also some Iranian parts. Um, I'll start with a. Um, now, I'll start with a sermon, a Friday sermon from the largest mosque in Uganda a few years ago. Uh, it's, I think, good for introduction because it gives a picture of Islamist worldview. Um, it wouldn't take it as a model of uh, accurate history, but it is a, a good example of the mixture of motifs, some indigenous, local, Middle Arab, Islamic, some uh, naturalized, imported from the West, and naturalized and Arabized. So we'll uh, do. Uh, oh no! I have to go backwards. I don't have a, a, um, a mouse here, and I don't go backwards. Stop it! Oh, you have to use your mouse. فقد ابتلانا بأشد الناس عداوة للذين آمنوا اليهود ولتجدن أشد الناس عداوة للذين آمنوا اليهود والذين أشركوا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله حذر نبيه وحبيبه صلى الله عليه وسلم من اليهود الذين قتلوا أنبياءهم وحرفوا توراتهم 
وفسدوا وأفسدوا على مدار عصور حياتهم وبقيام دولة إسرائيل ضاعت الأمة الإسلامية بأسرها لأن إسرائيل سرطان استشرى في جسد الأمة الإسلامية لأن اليهود فيروس يشبه الإيدز يعاني منه كل العالم على هذه الأرض تجدون اليهود وراء كل فتنة على هذه الأرض معاناة الشعوب وراءها اليهود اسألوا بريطانيا ماذا فعلت اليهود في أوائل القرن السادس الميلادي ماذا فعلوا باليهود طردوهم وعذبوهم وأجلوهم ومنعوهم من دخولها أكثر من ثلاثمائة عام متتالية من صنيع اليهود في بريطانيا اسألوا فرنسا ماذا فعلت اليهود يوم عذبوهم وطردوهم وحرقوا تلمودهم للفتن التي أرادوا أن يشعلوها في فرنسا في عام دويس التاسع عشر اسألوا البرتغال ماذا فعلت اليهود اسألوا روسيا القيصرية التي استضافت اليهود فتآمروا على قتل قيصر فصنع فيهم المذابح المتتالية ولا تسألوا ألمانيا ماذا فعلت باليهود لأن اليهود هم الذين استفزوا النازية لمحاربة العالم كله يوم حرك اليهود عن طريق الحركة الصهيونية حركوا الدول لمحاربة ألمانيا اقتصاديا ومقاطعة البضائع الألمانية يوم حركوا روسيا وبريطانيا وفرنسا وإيطاليا فاشتد غضب الألمان على اليهود خاصة فكان ما كان في مثل هذه الأيام التي يحيون ذكراها اليهود اليوم وهاكم يقومون بما هو أسوأ مما فعل بهم في الحرب النازية نعم ربما قتل منهم من قتل وربما حرق منهم من حرق ولكنهم يكبرون هذه الصورة ليكسبوا إعلام العالم ومشاعر العالم اليهود فعل بهم ما فعل في أسوأ جرائم عرفها التاريخ ولكن ليست أسوأ مما يفعله اليهود بأهل فلسطين إجراما ما فعل باليهود ولكن الذي يفعله اليهود اليوم على أرض فلسطين أليس إجراما؟ انظروا إلى التاريخ الحديث أين ذهبت بريطانيا العظمى؟ أين ذهبت روسيا القيصرية؟ أين ذهبت فرنسا التي كادت أن تحكم العالم؟ أين ذهبت ألمانيا النازية التي ذبحت الملايين وحكمت الأرض؟ أين ذهبت كل هذه القوى التي أذهبها سيذهب أمريكا بإذن الله تعالى؟ الذي أذهب روسيا في يوم وليلة هو القادر على أن يذهب أمريكا ويسقطها بإذن الله ويسقطها بإذن الله تعالى لقد حكمنا الدنيا وسيأتي يوم والله نحكم فيه كل الدنيا سيأتي يوم نحكم فيه أمريكا سيأتي يوم نحكم فيه بريطانيا ونحكم فيه كل العالم إلا اليهود اليهود لن يعيشوا في ظل حكمنا هانئين مستقرين لأنه في طبيعتهم الغد سيكون على مدر التاريخ سيأتي يوم يرتاح من اليهود كل شيء حتى الحجر 
والشجر الذي تأذى منهم اسمعوا حبيبكم صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو يحدثكم عن أسوأ نهاية لليهود الحجر والشجر يريد أن أن ينهي المسلم على كل يهود transmogrifying them into apes and pigs. And then there are many debates on whether the Jews of today are all descendants of these apes and pigs, or whether the apes and pigs of today are all descendants of Jews. And actually, the dominant school of exegetes say that it's neither this or that, because Allah also punished this group of people that they are they'd be barren, and they, so they were destroyed and finished, and the apes and pigs of today are not the descendants of Jews. Uh, nor are Jews any more descendants apes more than other types of human beings. Um, so uh, this is taught to children, and this lovely child here. The next one is actual Jews and how they were turned into apes and pigs. 
which was produced by El Manar TV. Um, the Manar television is the television channel of uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon. Um, the next clip that you're going to see has to do with Jews as the killers of Muhammad. Um, many of us uh, want to believe that unlike uh, Christian anti-Semitism, which is related also to the theological uh, motive or motivation that Jews were accused of murdering Jesus, Son of God, God, Son of God. Uh, there is no such uh, aspect to Islam. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this uh, soothing idea is wrong. Uh, because, according to Islamic tradition, Jews attempted to poison, attempted a number of times to kill Muhammad. Finally, a Jewish woman uh, tried to poison him, and though he was saved from death, <coughs> four years later, on his deathbed, he said that it is the effect of poison which uh, hastened his death. So there is also this account on, on part of Islam. Uh, against Jews, and it's uh, a very powerful one. Here it is explained in a children's program on a TV channel. فاليهودية عزمت النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام. ليه عزمت النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام؟ هي كانت ذكية. قالت إن كان نبي هيعرف وهنعرف. أما إن كان بيدعي النبوة، أما إن كان بيدعي النبوة فحيموت ونستريح منه. وانا استريح منه. كانت تعلم بان الحبيب النبي عليه الصلاه والسلام يحب زراع الشاه اليمنى. من الامام كده الربع اللي اليمين في المقدمه كان الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم فجاءت ودست السم بعد ما الشاه اندبحت وانسلخت وقطعت وطهيت قامت حاطه السم في اللحم بتاع الزراعه لانها عرفت بان النبي سالت محمد بيحب ياكل ايه من الزراعه؟ في واحد يحب ياكل من الكبد، ويحب ياكل من الراس، وواحد ياكل من لسان الذبيحه، واحد ياكل مثلا من انواع معينه من اللحوم، فقالوا لها الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم بيحب ياكل من الزراعه اليمنى، فجت بقى ودست فيه السم. فشوف بعد ما ايه؟ بعد ما الشاه ان ذبحت وسلخت وقطعت وطهيت وقدمت للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. فلما النبي عليه الصلاه قال بقى بسم الله لازم المسلم اول ما يقول يقول ايه؟ بسم الله. فالنبي عليه الصلاه والسلام بدا يقول كده بسم الله وقطع قطعه من اللحم وجاء ياكلها ربنا سبحانه وتعالى انطق الشاه واحياها وقالت لا تاكلني فانا مسمومه يا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. طب انا عايزك يا رقيه انت استفدت من الحلقه ايه؟ الله اكبر قول الله اكبر شوفوا رقيه خالت ايه؟ اليهود اهل غدر وخيانه الله يوفقك يا رب احنا عايزين الام اللي تعلم ابنائها الجهاد وحب الله ورسوله والتضحيه من اجل الاسلام وحب بلاد المسلمين بارك الله فيك يا رقيه اجمل عباره اسمعها ان اليهود اهل غدر وخيانه و Next one uh, is actually a combination of a number of clips from various channels, and that's to do with the tradition from the Prophet Muhammad, a, a 
Protestants will fight the Jews and are ordered to kill all the Jews. Um, and since it is uh, repeated in the same style, of invert, uh, because it is a prophetic tradition, a tradition attributed to the Prophet Muhammad, uh, our team of memory just combined a few words from each because they continue the same sentence that under their judgment uh, all Jews will be uh, killed by Muslims. So uh, there it is. Ah, the, uh, the tree that is shown here, it says that all trees will tell about the Jews with the exception of a certain uh, tree called Rarkat. Nobody knows exactly what the Rarkat is, but uh, the Rarkat, according to this tradition, will be uh, associated to the Jews and would not tell on them. And so it is called the tree of the Jews. So here is the tradition. فيقتلهم المسلمون فيجب اليهودين فيختبئوا وراء الشجر والحجر حتى يقول الشجر والحجر يا مسلم يا عبد الله هذا يهودي ورائي فتعال فاقتل إلا الغرقب فإنه من شجر اليهود اليهود الآن يزرعون هذا الشجر الآن بكثرة في فلسطين لأنهم يقولون بذلك الغرقب الغرقب ولو دخل أي واحد منكم ونظر إلى هذه المنتصبات إن تيسر له ذلك عبر جوجل إيرث أو غير ذلك من البرامج لاستطاع أن يرى هذه الشجرة ظاهرة تحيط بكل مكان عندهم سنقاتلهم وسنعزمهم وسنستأصل شأفتهم فلا يعود على ظهر الأرض يهودي واحد speakers on the right of uh, channels, mostly Egyptian but not only Egyptian, uh, repeat or insist that it is a religious requirement, a good work, a virtuous work, uh, to hate Jews. وإحنا كراهيتنا أو كرهنا اليهود منطلق عقيدة. القرآن هو اللي بيدعونا نحن نكرههم وما نحبهمش. لو أن اليهود تركوا لنا فلسطين خلاص يبقوا حبايبنا لا طبعا عمرهم ما هيبقوا حبايبنا إطلاق عقدتك في اليهود واحد أنهم كفار اثنين أنهم أعداء مش أعداء عشان يحتلوا فلسطين وإنما هم أعداء ولم يحتل ولو لم يحتلوا سيئا نحن نعادي يهود حتى ولو أعادوا إلينا فلسطين لأنهم كفار هؤلاء هم اليهود باختصار وإن لنا عندهم نحن المسلمين لثأرا لا والله لن ينقضي إلا باستئصالهم بإذن الله تعالى لأنهم حاولوا ابتداء قتل نبينا صلى الله عليه وسلم مرات أعداء أعداء المسلمين بعد إبليس هم اليهود من الذي قال ذلك؟ الله. Now we move to motives which are important or important to the Muslim world, and then Arabized or Islamized, and these include blood libel, which has been important to the Arab Muslim world in the 19th century. But since then, 
has sort of taken root and is believed uh, by uh, and propagated by the various channels. Um, let's start with the uh, with the middle of the picture. This one. This is from Iranian TV, where so to speak experts or historians discuss the Jewish problem. دو حادثه بسیار تکاندهندهی که یهودیان در قرن نوزدهم در خود اروپا در به طور مشخص در پاریس و لندن انجام داده اینها را فراموش کردند در سال 1883 بود که حدود 150 کودک فرانسوی در حومه پاریس در آستانه ایدفس یهودیان اینها رو به طرز فجیعی کشته بودن و تحقیقات بعدی نشان داد که یهودی اونها رو کشتن و خونه اونها رو گرفتن و این حادثه موجب شد که یک شورش عجیبی در اون زمان در پاریس اتفاق بیفته و دولت فرانسه تحت فشار قرار گرفت نظیر این حادثه در لندن اتفاق افتاد و تعداد زیادی از کودکان انگلیسی کشته شدن توسط همین خواهامی یهودی
في انحراف اليهود في الشام قتل الدكتور توماس الفرنسي اللي كان بيعالج اليهود وغيرهم مجانا لكن كان بيعالج عشان يبشر بالمسيحيين مع انهم اكثر ناس استفادوا منه كانوا اصحابه جابوه في عيد من هذه الاعياد وذبحوه هو الممرض وعجلوا الفقير بدم هذا الدكتور توماس وممرضه ويفعلون هذا كل عام لابد العالم يعرف هذه الحقائق عن الكيان الصهيوني وعن العقائد الفاسدة الرهيبة عالم لازم يعرف هذه الأشياء The speaker here is the speaker here which who appeared on the Al-Aqsa that is the Hamas TV channel this year in March this year is all among other things because he's based in moves from one Gulf country to the other but he's also based in the United States he's the was the Imam of the Ohio Islamic Center so he has also sort of American education educates Muslims here finally there is this guy here this is a so a variation on the theme, it's not about uh, blood libel, but how Jews are fascinated with extricating or spilling the blood of non-Jews. In this case, the hero or the villain of the story is our president, Shimon Peres. It's uh, ludicrous, but... Shimon Peres was كانت بتصف الأسرة من الجنود المصريين في 67 ويدوس عليهم بالدبابة 67 شيمون بريز كان القتلى المصريين اللي بيقتلهم بإيديه بيصف دمهم في الخوزة القديم بتاعهم والخوزة مليانة بدم الشهداء المصريين علشان يجففوا ويحطوا للذكر عنده عشان كل ما يشوفوا يبقى أدى دوره عند الرب. has become sort of a central part of the political discourse. Of course, there are those who, uh, who come out and speak against it, but they are a small minority. The Jews are behind this, a conspiracy to control the world is extremely common, extremely common notion. Um, in this case, it's a, a theme of a, a television series in Egypt, and uh, was, this was in the, 2002, but of course uh, DVDs are sold all over the world, and it was uh, uh, screened, uh, aired on other channels too. So uh, this is where the hero explains to the, his friends about the problems. <laughs> غزو صهيوني سلمي لكل دول العالم وبخبص التعبان الرمزي التعبان ده معمول له خريطة رسول الخريطة ازاي التعبان ده بيتحرك ويلف ويقيب دول العالم ويستعبدها بطرق معنمية الطرق دي هي الغزو الاقتصادي اللي بيضعف قوتها بكل وسائل العنف والخديعة 
السوداني دي طبعا مرسومه بدقه عشان يمشوا بين شباب العالم المجون والخمور والفجور واللهو والفساد. التعبان الرمز السوداني مرسوم له خط سير على الخريطه خطوه خطوه. أول خطوة بيسحب في أوروبا سنة 429 قبل البلاد في اليونان عصر براكليس طبعا التعبان الصهيوني اتهم قوة الدولة دي المرحلة الثانية سنة 69 قبل البلاد في روما عهد الإمبراطور أغسطس الخطوة الثالثة 1552 ميلادية في مدريد في عهد شارلز الخامس الخطوة الرابعة في باريس 1790 ميلادية في عهد لويس السادس عشر الخطوة الخامسة في لندن 1814 بعد سقوط نابليون السادسة في برلين بعد الحرب الفرنسية الروسية والسابعة في بطرسبورغ 1881 كل الدول دي عدى عليها التعبان الصهيوني واهتز فيها الاساس الدستوري حتى انجلترا والمانيا رغم قوتهم التعبان الصهيوني تجاوز حدودهم الاقتصاديه لغايه ما خلص غزو روسيا من 1905 لو على الخريطه وخطوات التعبان ده مش هنلاقي بعد كده اي اثر لخط سيرو الا بعض الاسهم اللي بتشاور على موسكو وكييف واوديسا Um, so this was the movie about the, um, the protocols as a central theme in it. The notion that the Jews are behind uh, international drug trafficking and uh, drug, uh, drug commerce is so common that uh, this is a still picture from news broadcast in, uh, in Tehran when the police uh, made a, a drug haul. Uh, they arranged it in the shape of Magendavid because, of course, drugs and Jews naturally go together. Um, next one, please. Uh, next one is uh, about Jews as Christ killers, a uh, rather strange thing for Muslims because according to the Quran, uh, Jesus did not die on the cross. Still, uh, Karadawi, the chief, uh, the greatest mentor or uh, preacher of Islamism in the world, of Sunni Islam, ba uh, Egyptian, based now in Qatar, um, Karadawi. Uh, speaks uh, praises uh, Mel Gibson's uh, uh, Passion of Christ. Uh, okay. والمسيح حتى وكل احنا نعتقد انه يصلب ولكن هناك جريمه ارتكبت والذين مهدوا لهذه الجريمه وساعدوا فيها وقدموا المسيح الى الصلب وظلوا وراء القضيه حتى حكم الحاكم الوالي قبل 